Welcome to Caregiving Club On Air. This podcast is dedicated to the millions of family caregivers who want wellness tips and self-care solutions, who seek expert advice, and who want news about healthy aging and how to create well-home design in our forever homes. I'm Sherry Snelling, a corporate gerontologist, author, and educator, a TV interviewer, host, and news commentator. I'm joining you from Southern California, where our interviews and news take us all across the country to explore the many ways to help you on your caregiving journey and to lift you up here at Caregiving Club On Air. Welcome, everybody, to the Caregiving Club On Air holiday episode. We want to wish happy holidays to everybody out there. And we also want to send a, some gratitude and also thankfulness for all of our listeners. This is our last episode of season two. I can't believe it. It went so fast. We're already planning season three. But hopefully we were able to bring you some wonderful expert guests this year. Go back and check on our episode guide page on our podcast tab on caregivingclub.com. So you can see all the wonderful people we interviewed, all the great news and trends and things that we were able to give you, and certainly all of those wonderful Me Time Monday wellness hacks to think about as you're planning your wellness plan for 2023. I'm really excited to bring you this episode because I've got two fantastic guests. The first is Jim Tuey, who is the founder of Aging with Dignity, which is a nonprofit organization that is really dedicated to more of end of life planning and wishes. And Jim is the creator of a document called The Five Wishes. Now, this is a really valuable, tremendous document that he created, and it was based on his work with Mother Teresa. And in fact, Jim's got a new book out he's going to tell us about, about that work that he did with Mother Teresa. But it really talks about what are the five things that are important to you at the end of life that you want to have done. And what's really great about the document is not only is it very It's got a spiritual sense to it, of course, but it also serves as a legally binding document as a living will or an advanced directive. And I think it's about 46 or 47 states. Jen's going to clarify that for us when we talk to him. But it's just something that I think is really valuable for all adults to have, really, of any age. And Jim's going to talk to us a little bit about how to create that and what value it does bring to family. So that's going to be a terrific interview. And then my second great interview is with Mitchell Yole. It was the CEO and president of Journey Health and Lifestyle. Now, Journey Health and Lifestyle is actually a rebranded company. Mitch and I met about a year ago when he took over something called First Street for Boomers, which was a catalog business that had a lot of different products and different brands and things, particularly for older adults that were wanting to age in place and live at home and needed different mobility products and other things. So what Mitch and his team have done, and he's going to explain this, better than I can, but came in and not only rebranded the company, but really rethought and transformed customer service and the look and feel and the support and also the choices that you now have, put them into categories like sleep and mobility and other areas that make it really easy. And it's a great, great shopping resource. This is going to be one of your go-to resources for all the different things you might need for your loved one. So Mitch is going to talk to us about what they're doing, what they're focusing on, and some of the top products, some of the things maybe they even think about as a holiday gift because we're in that holiday shopping season right now. 
And because I don't want to take up a lot of your time, because I know that the holidays are really busy, you've got a lot going on, I'm not going to dig into our usual caregiver wellness news and well-home design news like I normally do with lots of news and trends and studies and, and other things. What I'm going to do is instead just do a really quick highlight on Caregiving Club's Caregiver Holiday Gift Guide, which is our second annual gift guide. This is the second year we've done it. I'm going to tell you just a little bit about how we curated some of our choices and also go back and look at last year's gift guide because it's still very relevant. And there's some good things on that list as well. We're going to have links to those holiday gift guides on the episode guide page for this podcast. But I also did a video version where I give a little commentary about why we chose certain products for the gift guide this year. And you can also watch the gift guide if you'd rather do that. And then finally, of course, we're going to wrap up this episode with our Me Time Monday wellness hack. And this is a really special one for the end of the year. This is the story of the Red Cardinal. And if you haven't heard this story, I really encourage you to listen to our Me Time Monday Wellness Hack at the end of this episode because it's really a beautiful, inspirational story that will bring about spiritual health, emotional health, particularly for family caregivers. It's a very specific story for family caregiving. And it's just a really beautiful story I wanted to share with you. So we'll have that at the end of the episode. And with that, let's go ahead and go into my interview with Jim Tui, the creator of The Five Wishes. So I'm really honored to have our special guest on today, who is Jim Tui, and he is the founder of Aging with Dignity, but also the creator of a document called The Five Wishes, which he's going to talk to us about today. So Jim, welcome to Caregiving Club on Air. Thank you. It's great to be with you. Yes. You know, the first question I always ask all of our guests is, where are we talking to you from today? I'm in our Washington office in Falls Church, Virginia. So we have an office in Tallahassee as well. Beautiful country. I have cousins in the Charlottesville, Virginia area. So hopefully you're staying warm. I don't know if it's uh, winter has hit yet for you. (laughs) It hits this week. The leaves are still on the trees. I'm looking at them right now. They're beautiful. The sun is glowing, but they'll be gone in a few days. So, Oh, well, we love that that winter, that lovely fall and winter transition. So, you know, Jim, I was so thrilled to have you on today because I've been a huge fan of the five wishes. I've talked about it a lot. I think I've even written about it and we haven't had a chance to talk before. So I wanted to have you start with telling your story and sharing with us a little of your background, but then also your work with Mother Teresa, who really informed a lot of the things we're going to talk about today. So tell us about that. Well, obviously, the new book that came out called To Love and Be Loved, A Personal Portrait of Mother Teresa, spends 283 pages telling the story. Condensed version was that I ended up wanting to meet Mother Teresa for personal reasons. My life was empty, and I went to Calcutta on a trip. I was overseas for a U.S. senator I was working for met her, changed the direction of my life. And one of the things she did was pointed me to go to her home for the dying, which introduced me to end of life care. And fast forwarding that ahead, I then became her attorney for the last 12 years of her life and was full-time with her a couple of years, traveled with her some, got to see her beautiful compassion up front. And one of the things that she urged me to do, which I did was begin to do hands-on work with people with AIDS who were dying from AIDS And that really informed my end of life views and inspired the creation of Five Wishes because I saw that dying wasn't just a medical moment, but was a deeply personal, spiritual, and emotional moment. I felt like we needed to help families plan for and discuss that time of life and help them be there for their 
parents, for their spouse, for whomever, when they're needed the most. That's how Five Wishes came into being. And here we are 25 years later. This month, Eunice Kennedy Shriver and I launched it at the National Press Club. And now we have 41 million copies out there in America. And uh, it's available in 30 languages. So it really took off. You know, it's so impressive because obviously you were so inspired by the work, as you said, that you were doing at end of life. And, you know, so very often a lot of us think about, well, we have to have, you know, an estate plan or a will. And that's really to kind of say who's going to get what or, you know, but we don't think about those other things that are so tied to our spirituality and how we look at end of life. Before we get into some of that discussion, though, tell us a little bit. You said that you have 40 million now people who have created the five wishes. Tell us what those five wishes actually are so our audience understands what the document entails. Sure. It's called an advanced directive. And so that includes a living will, which gives instructions on the kind of care you want or don't want when you can't speak for yourself. And it also has a durable power of attorney for healthcare appointment so that you can designate someone to speak for you when you can't speak for yourself. And so those two go together. They're called an advanced directive, but that's not why I created Five Wishes because that addresses the legal rights individuals have. And Five Wishes is a legal document, entirely enforceable. We're 25 years out there and we've never had it challenged in any court anywhere. But what I did that I felt was most important was to talk about how you want to be treated the kind of comfort you want? How do you want your pain managed? How do you want to be remembered? What do you want your loved ones to know? What did your life mean? These kind of discussions people are very willing to have. You know, if it's just about feeding tubes and ventilators, nobody wants to talk about that. And that's why four out of five Americans typically don't fill out an advanced directive. And then those who do typically are doing it in the emergency room and the intensive care unit ward or somewhere where an emergency has struck a loved one or, or themselves. That's why we've tried to get Five Wishes used further upstream in offices, in people's lives. Well, and you've been really successful at that, I know. I actually, I didn't even tell Ed this, but I used to work at United Healthcare, and I know we were one of the sponsors of the Five Wishes at that time that I was there. And, you know, it was translated, as you said, into many different languages and into Braille, really something I think that is important for families to recognize and have. And one of the things I loved, I filled mine out, by the way. And I love the fact that you have questions like, is there certain music that you want to have played while you're at your end days or certain poems or certain books you want to have read to you? And again, I think that's such a spiritual side of kind of transitioning from, you know, this life to the next. And one of the things I loved is there's been so much talk about things like Atul Gawande's book, Being Mortal which talks a little bit about how in America, we're kind of death deniers. And you write on the website that those who face grave medical circumstances deserve a better choice than pain or poison. And I thought that was just really poignant because we do limit ourselves in terms of that end of life. Tell me a little bit about the spiritual side of this and how this really helps comfort, not just the person who might be passing, but also their family. It's because I think we often medicalize death. We make it a blur of test tubes and treatments and injections. And, and it's so difficult for most families to navigate the healthcare system, all the insurance protocols, very difficult to even know what to do. And so people are already feeling disadvantaged. And then you pile on top of that 
a health condition that may be terminal or it's progressed to the point where they may be in the end stage of it. And so what to do? You know, people don't know what to do and they don't know how to discuss it. And we have five wishes in regular English so that it's understandable. It's funny, you know, they use it out in Los Angeles County Public Hospital to help bridge the barrier gap because they've got dozens of languages that people present with and and all the disadvantage a patient has to begin with is exacerbated when there's a language problem. And so I think the fact that we allow people to talk about what's important to them, which includes comfort and dignity, just some good hospice practice, good caregiving practice. You've been such a voice on behalf of caregivers and those. United Health was huge to help us get it launched. They still are a big player with us. I think people that care about the human dignity, the God-given human dignity of the individual, see that this is a way to support that so that they can talk about how they want to be treated, how they can cope with the, the terror of death that comes and actually make peace to recognize that they, as Mother Teresa described it, she said, I came from God, I'm going home to God. So she always looked at it as a going home. And in the book, I, I spent a whole chapter on her last two days, because it's so important how we leave this world and it can be a beautifully rich experience. I'm not saying easy or fun, but rich and meaningful and purpose. And it can really affect the lives of your kids, your grandkids and all those as they learn the gift of accompaniment and compassion and learn how to suffer with others. Right. And I love that too, because as you said, it really facilitates the conversations for families You know, there's been some reports recently that in America, we've really moved away from faith and we're a much more secular nation. Do you think that that movement away from what we really truly believe in above and beyond ourselves has created this fear of death? Do you think that's part of our issue? I think fear of death is natural to everyone. I think you're right, though. We've aggravated it. I think whenever we try to play God at any point along the continuum of life, we get into trouble. And I think we're now seeing a lot of pressure to promote assisted suicide laws. A bunch of states are trying to do it. There already are 10 states that have made it lawful. So this right, so-called right to die is a right the poor are going to get. And that's why I said it shouldn't be a choice between pain and poison. Let's manage pain. Let's give people some healthcare decision-making authority so that they can have some control over their life without us turning ourselves into each other's killers. To ask doctors to help you commit suicide is not appropriate, I don't believe, for the medical profession. And I think it's dangerous. And we're already seeing the slippery slopes effect in places like Canada, where they're now proposing to allow people with mental illness choose assisted suicide. So rather than treat the problems of the individual's life, get them care, get them services, We're saying, well, we'll help you end your life. And that, to me, is a typical government response. It's heartless, and it's also degrading to human dignity. And so, yeah, I think now we have a chance to get it right, to give people some say in how they want to be cared for at the end of life, and to also give them a hopeful vision so that they can understand that, yes, my pain can be treated, I can be accompanied, I can have family members. I think we saw during COVID how dangerous this was when we isolated our dying and didn't allow even their spouse by the bedside. It was cruel. It was wrong. Yeah. And so that's why I think Five Wishes is a humane treatment of a difficult subject. And that's why it's been popular. 
Yeah. And I so agree with you. I, I was so, I, you know, just distraught over the fact that people were separated from their loved ones, both at their, you know, their end days, but also not even being allowed to go to their funerals and celebrate their life or whatever. It is cruel. It is wrong. And it was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. Exactly. I mean, now, you know, looking back, oh, well, we made the wrong decision. I, you know, that just infuriates me. But you talk about also what I love is that, you know, this also helps younger generations. And by the way, you know, a lot of people think, well, this is something great for maybe my parents or my grandparents. But quite frankly, I think anybody of any age, adult wise, should make out the five wishes because we don't know what's going to happen to us. Right. And so it is kind of an ageless document. And maybe as we're younger, we don't like to think about what would happen if my life were to end or if I had something, you know, like a terminal illness. But, you know, I love in certain cultures like Native American culture, there is more of an embracing of, again, that end of life and helping the soul to transition and all the generations get together and do storytelling. I think that this is something that we should be doing more of. Tell me what your thoughts are on on this. It should be intergenerational. It should be a rite of passage. If you're an adult, you should have a five wishes. We have my choices for kids that have cancer and other conditions that are having to face these life and death questions a lot earlier in life. But for adults, there really is just no excuse to not have an advanced directive, to have one filled out, to have it available and ready, and to have discussed it with family members so they know what you want. They may disagree with some of your choices, your approach, They may be in denial. Well, I don't want mom to die. So I want every possible medical intervention thrown at her. Well, if that's not the wish of mom, maybe you disagree with mom's wishes, but you can respect them because you know them. And the problem is, if you don't have these discussions, then you have a guessing game around the bedside and you get a lot of guilt. You can get some family feuds going. It's so bad. We get a lot of mail from people that are ordering 25 copies. And when they do that, it's a buck each. It's nothing. Our not-for-profit. We haven't changed our price in 25 years. It's still five bucks an individual copy and a dollar for 25 or more because we want people to get them, get them out there, get them to family members, get them to friends. Then they get peace of mind the more discussions they have. So you don't have to make it a guessing game. Have the discussion. Let your family know what it is you want or don't want and do it at Thanksgiving. I love that you're airing this during the month when families do come together They'll say, well, gee, that's morbid to do it during Thanksgiving. But my point is, if you don't, every Thanksgiving after that terrible death incident will be scarred because you didn't have the discussion and it led to a bad outcome and possibly fractured relationships, which we read about in our letters from users. So get in front of the problem, have these discussions, and you'd be surprised how healing this is. You're absolutely right. Well, this is the holiday time frame, which is when I wanted to have you on because it is when families are gathering. And this really should be part of our family conversations. It should be more natural and not taboo, you know, such a taboo subject. You referenced that, by the way, you must be the only product or service out there that has resisted the inflation increases. <laughs> so we're grateful for that. Thank you so much. We're proud of that. <laughs> I just blogged on that because the, who's done that? I mean, I was looking at it the price of eggs, everything's doubled and tripled. Oh, yeah. This is our mission at Aging with Dignity. And we have all these volunteer distributors of the document and then big players like United Health and Humana and others that have been great to us. So Vitas Hospice, I could go on. We've had partners for decades that take this on because they see the need 
Families literally are deer in the headlight. They don't know what to do. Well, they're not literally deer. That's not true. They're human, but they're staring like deer in the headlights at these questions and they don't really know what to do. And five wishes, I think, has been a useful tool. Well, and it guides you. I felt really comforted when I was filling out the answers because it wasn't something I had thought about before, but it really prompted me to think, well, what kind of music would I want playing, you know, maybe in my room or whatever. Tell our listeners again where they can find the, you know, filling out the document. Where would they go to do that? They can go to either agingwithdignity.org or fivewishes.org. It'll take you to our website. We're a not-for-profit. The document's legal in 46 states technically, but I think it's legal in all 50. It's just that four states still have these prescriptive laws that require you to use the state form. They're ridiculously outdated. Places like Texas should be ashamed of themselves that they require you to use lawyer talk that you don't even understand, but you have to use their words to express your wishes. So we, when I started this, we had 33 states where it was legal. It's now 46. We're going to keep pushing, but I'm waiting for the test case in Texas or Ohio where they have these arcane laws. Indiana just changed their laws for the better. Unfortunately, there's still some holdouts. Right. Well, we'll hope for that too. And we'll, we'll promote that in terms of the message that we're bringing. So we'll have the link on our episode guide page. And then tell us again, you referenced, you know, the book that you have that's out. We want to also make sure that our listeners know about that, where they can find it. And it's really about your journey, right? With Mother Teresa. It is about the journey. I met her when I was 28. I was blessed to know her the last 12 years of her life and to be full-time and and to just a couple of years to be with the, around the missionaries at Cherry, just a great group of women and men. They're just extraordinary in how they work with the poorest, the poor, particularly the dying and the elderly. They're just, they have such a beautiful impact on the lives of individuals who are starving for friendship. So yeah, I wrote a book called To Love and Be Loved, a personal portrait of Mother Teresa. Sisters have been asking me to write it for decades. I never had the time. I was in academia for 14 years at two universities. And when I finally left the presidency at Ave Maria University and COVID hit, I had the time to finally write it. And then Simon & Schuster was great to publish it. It's been available. It's now in its third month and it's going great. And I think it's helping people see the woman behind the saint and see that she loved chocolate, that she had back pain, that she had great friends, that she could get angry. I know it's a faithful portrait because the sisters have told me that it captures the mother that they knew. I think it will introduce her to a lot of people who aren't religious at all, that are just interested in who she was and what made her tick. I think it's a wonderful book, again, for a holiday, you know, if people are looking for great holiday gifts and such a great story, you know, I, again, telling people stories and telling each other the stories of our families and our histories and the people that we knew is so, so vital and so important. So we really appreciate you doing that. Well, you know, I want to just say thank you so much again for being on the podcast today. And I think we've covered everything. Is there any other message you'd like to send to our listeners? No, just I want to encourage you in your work. It's so we don't think about the caregivers, the stress, the need for respite care for people to balance themselves. Mother Teresa was a great exemplar of what a caregiver must do. She found time for prayer for herself. She taught, she got rest. She took a retreat every year. All her sisters take three weeks off. It can be exhausting. And I love that you've been a voice. You provide practical tools for caregivers, helping families deal with these crises that are very, very difficult. I love that you're out there helping them cope with dementia and with illness that's not going away, chronic pain. There's just a whole cadre of individuals 
who are suffering and poorly served, I think, by all the changes in healthcare that make it more automated and more high-tech artificial intelligence and just rob healthcare of its humanity. So we've dehumanized so much of it. And I love your rehumanizing efforts to make sure that the individual has the warmth and, and touch of a human hand and is given the support tools they need to cope with both the physical and psychological and social challenges that come with being caregivers. Oh, thank you. Mother Teresa says, you know, that's, there's a heaven waits for those who do this. Yeah, well, thank you so much for those kind words. We really appreciate that. And I think you expressed it beautifully because we don't live in isolation. We have linked lives. And so what happens to someone we love happens to us as well. We may not be the one with the disease or, or whatever it happens to be, but we're going through the same kind of journey with that loved one. So I really appreciate those words, Jim. Thank you so much. And happy holidays to you and yours. And again, thank you for being on the podcast. You've been one of the people I've wanted to talk to for so long. So I just got one of my holiday wishes was granted <laughs> by having you on. Happy to meet you too. And God bless you with the great work you're doing there. God bless you as well. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. You know, I hope you found that interview with Jim Tui inspirational. I think what he's done is so fantastic and really valuable, as I said, for families. And it really isn't just for older adults. We never know what's going to happen. We've heard the headlines of younger people who have certain accidents or tragedies. And so any of us, I think, who are adults need to think about what our end of life wishes are. And this document really helps you think that through. I think that's the big thing about it is it really prompts you to think about what's important to you. So I really encourage everybody to check out the five wishes. We'll have the link on our episode guide page. And I want to just, again, thank Jim Tui for that wonderful interview. So now Let's head into the shopping season. Some of you may have already taken advantage of some of the Black Friday, Cyber Monday deals, but if you haven't and you're still looking for some great gift ideas, my next interview is with Mitchell Yole, as I mentioned, who is the CEO and president of Journey Health and Lifestyle. So Mitch is going to tell us a little bit about Journey Health and Lifestyle and some of the many choices that you have. And also what are the top trends and what does he see are great buys for this holiday season to think about for your older loved one. So with that, here's my interview with Mitch Yole of Journey Health and Lifestyle. So I am really excited to have my special guest on today, who is Mitchell Yole, who is the president and CEO of Journey Health and Lifestyle. And he's going to tell us what Journey Health and Lifestyle is all about. But I just want to welcome you to Caregiving Club on Air, Mitch. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, well, it's really great to have you on. One of the things I always ask my guests when we start out is, where are we talking to you from today? All right. Well, you're talking to me from New York. I'm in North Salem, New York, in my home. We're about one hour north of New York City. But my company, Journey Health and Lifestyle, is located in Richmond, Virginia. Okay, beautiful. Well, you, so you're not in the part of New York near Buffalo, which is getting a, the huge storm that I understand right now, right? No, I hope everyone up there is safe. And I am not getting any snow that I know of anytime soon. <laughs> right. I have a dear friend that lives there and I just texted her and said, I hope everybody's, you know, all bundled up and warm. But so, you know, you have a really interesting story, Mitch, to tell us about Journey Health and Lifestyle, because it is kind of a new brand and it's a new service and products for caregivers, but you've also have a, a long history. So tell us a little bit about that and what Journey Health and Lifestyle is all about. 
Yeah, no, thank you. Well, you described it perfectly, Sherry. I call it a 30-year-old startup because that's how old we are. Journey Health and Lifestyle started about 30 years ago as sort of a gadgets and gizmos company. At that time, it was called First Street for boomers and beyond. You know, over the decades, First Street realized that there was this sort of need in the market for great luxury premium products for seniors. About a year and a half ago, I got involved. I had spent two and a half decades in a different industry, but related. I was a physical therapist for several years at Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center in, in New York City. And then I got into the, the world of durable medical equipment, both distributing and on the manufacturing side for many years. And I was fortunate to be involved in a company that grew to a billion dollar valuation. I unfortunately did not own the company, but I was part of the ride, which was very fun. I learned a lot. I had some great mentors. And then a year and a half ago, I had an opportunity to you know, invest and be a part of the new management team for First Street. And the opportunity that I saw was to fill this gap that I had experienced and seen in the healthcare marketplace over 25 years. And that gap specifically was where really products and technology and equipment meets with healthcare and lifestyle. You know, inevitably we get to a point in our lives or we have someone in our lives even more frequently who just slows down a little bit or who needs some help with mobility, independence, dignity so that they can be more independent. And it's hard to know where to go to. I, I spent 25 years in a, navigating a maze of Medicare and reimbursement and wheelchairs and bathroom safety items and beds and all kinds of things. And even in the industry, it's hard to know where to go to get specifically the combination of products and equipment that you want for your loved one that's going to inform a better quality of life for them. And I saw the opportunity to create that out of First Street. And so one of the first things I did was I, I rebranded the company Journey Health and Lifestyle. We're all on this journey together. And health and lifestyle products are products that are made specifically for the end user. We're not in a, a business to business world. We make wheelchairs for, you know, tailored to Medicare reimbursement criteria or anything like that. We make products for people who are going to be using products. And so we have the luxury then of being able to tailor and curate these features that are specific to the needs that we see. And one of the biggest examples I give is I, I worked for one of the largest manufacturers of wheelchairs in the world. And we made wheelchairs that were made of steel, made of heavy aluminum, and they got you from point A to point B. If you wanted to go from your bedroom to your kitchen, you could use it. But because they were constrained by you know, insurance company reimbursement, we couldn't just make them the way we wanted to make them. And in the real world, if you know someone, if you have a parent, a spouse, an uncle, a friend you know, who needs help with mobility, in the vast majority of cases, they want to do more than get from the bedroom to the kitchen. They want to engage in their life, in their community. They want to see their grandchildren's ball games. They want to go to the movies. They want to go to the library. They want to volunteer. They want to engage. And it's so hard to get products that are not made for you to be able to be used within the community. And, and what I mean is, 
products that are constrained by reimbursement, they're heavy. They may not fold. You may have to disassemble them. I want people to be able to take their mobility products and get them in the trunk of their car, really be able to do it, make them with lightweight materials, make it so that they fold seamlessly, not you know disassemble into pieces that you need a YouTube video to figure out how to put back together. And so everything that Journey Health and Lifestyle does is engineered from A to Z with the user in mind, fully assembled products out of the box, the packaging, everything is made for someone to be able to plug and play. You get your product in the mail, you open it up, you can start using it. And it's quite simple. So every person at Journey thinks that way. How can my role, whether I'm in the warehouse or the marketing department or the sales department, how can my role make the quality of life better for the person who's going to be using it? So that's who Journey is. And I love that right out of the box, as you said, you can use it. One of the things that's always frustrated me about Ikea is I love <laughs> what it looks like, but I can never put the, anything together. I'm not technical that way. So I'm always having to pay somebody to come over and put it together for me. It's so true. <laughs> I have a dear friend who has MS and I'm really resonating with what you're talking about because she has a, a walker that she uses and it is fairly lightweight, but I know that she had to do a lot of research and she went into some MS groups to get some recommendations and things, but, you know, she's very independent. And so, yeah, having something lightweight that she can fold up and get in and out of the trunk with her MS is really important if she wants to go somewhere on her own, you know, even if she's not with somebody else. So tell us a little bit about, because you have such a variety of products and I heard you say recently that very often family caregivers might think, well, yeah, my loved one needs a scooter or a walker or a wheelchair, but they don't think about the mobility in other areas. So tell us about that. I love when you can kind of be creative with a combination of things that really solve a problem. I think very often we don't know what we don't know when it comes to helping someone who needs some help with mobility and, and independence. And so we ask the question, okay, what are they trying to accomplish? We're, we're trying to go accompany their spouse uh, at the grocery store. Okay, well, well, how do you do that? You go buy a scooter. And so you go online and maybe you search for a scooter. You don't know what types of scooters are out there. You try to educate yourself and, and you find something and you buy it. But, you know, that takes care of of one specific use case, right? And someone who has a problem with mobility, there are a litany and a, a series of questions that if you're really expert enough, if you have a consultant who can walk you through what is the, the root cause of that problem, whether it's you know weakness from MS, endurance issues, or something else, well, what are all the things that you should be at least considering and aware of that might also benefit this person and make them more independent and active and engaged with their loved ones and community. So an example could be so many people tell me, I mean, we get people that call us all the time, exceptional stories about how our products have changed someone's life. But someone will, will call us up and say, you know, my, my father, he loves to sit on his couch and watch the ball game on Sunday. And he has trouble getting up from the couch. Someone rings the doorbell and, and it's really hard from a deep couch to get up. 
So, you know, one obvious product for a person like that is actually our number one seller. It's called the Perfect Sleep Chair, and it's a lift chair that helps you both, you know, get comfortable and sleep when you want, but also with these infinite positions, it can actually help you safely stand up at the press of a button, and it gives some freedom and, and mobility. But that same person, that same dad is going to have trouble getting up from other places, maybe their bed maybe the toilet. And, you know, maybe he's a little bit embarrassed or doesn't want to bother his spouse and, and doesn't want to go call for help when he can't get up from the toilet. Well, you know, there are products from electric toilet lifts to simple, you know, raised toilet seats, you know, at a, at a wide price range, depending on, you know, what you're looking for that can help with that. By the same token, there are beds that can actually stand you up safely and then help you get back in. And I'm not talking about a bar that you, uh, you know, that you grab onto or something like that. I'm talking about a bed that sits you all the way up and safely gets you into a standing position. And there are all kinds of examples of fall prevention combinations or suites of products and things like that. At Journey, my whole mission, whether you call us up or you go on your website to be able to ask the right questions and get informed, objective answers. We have, it's really hundreds if I extended to our, our third parties that we work with, but we have dozens of in-house Journey Lifestyle Consultants that know every product that's available and products that we don't sell that are available and can ask the right questions to understand what the combination of products are that are going to solve a problem, you know, and then are there to help and ask anything that's on someone's mind. I also, just going back to the history of the company, one of the things I did when I got there was I tripled the size of our customer service department. Now, customer service for us is post-sales support. Any question you have after you buy a product. And we went from, you know, 12, 13 minute hold times to less than one minute hold time, you know, by tripling our capacity. And those people exist. I want everyone to be so thrilled and in love with their purchase. That's what they're there to do, whether it's facilitate a return or just answer a question, which they can, you know, always happily do. That's what they're there for. So we're about as customer centric as you can get. And that's one of the things I really love. I think it's so brilliant, Mitch, what you've done with this. You know, we think of customer services after the fact, right? We buy something and maybe we have a question or something's wrong or whatever. You really have set up and you call them consultants, which I love because they do take people who say, my dad can't get off the couch. It's not, I know what I need. You know, how, how much does it cost, right? It's, I have this problem, help me solve it. I love that because I think that's so needed. Caregivers don't know sometimes the questions to even ask. They just know they have a problem. To that point, I mean, in, in to be fair, we do get plenty of people who call us up and say, I, you know, I, I saw your Solite scooter on your website and I want to learn more about it and it sounds great and I want to buy it. And some people do know what they want, but we will always at least offer the ability to ask a few questions and say, you don't have to buy it from us, but if you want to know what else is out there, we're happy to share that. Yeah. Well, and then when you and I've spoken before and you, you've talked about the fact that very often, a lot of the products, I think it's maybe half of your customers are family caregivers. Again, a spouse, an adult daughter, whomever. What are the kinds of things that are helpful to them that you want them to know about Journey Health and Lifestyle? 
Yeah, we do. About half the people that we speak to are caregivers. And caregivers, as you know, are not always sons and daughters. Many times they are spouses, you know, and, and friends. But when we're speaking to caregivers, they'll ask a different set of questions, but we'll just provide them. Our, our mission is to provide objective information and offer consultative advice. We get the word out to caregivers in multiple ways. Our sort of marketing efforts, our outreach efforts start with, you know, print advertising with, you know, entities like AARP is, we are one of the the largest partners for AARP. Everything from American Legion and AAA and a a million, is 200 different publications that we're involved with. Of course, our website, shopjourney.com, and we do outreach through digital marketing and campaigns. We are launching an Amazon store because we, you know, we, we need to meet people where they're searching for things. It's so needed. That's exciting. Yeah. (laughs) That'll happen in December for us. So right around the corner. And then finally, I'll share with you, we had incredible success, somewhat surprisingly to me, I guess, on the Home Shopping Network. Oh, yay. I knew you were going to appear on that. That's great. Oh, so you guys did really well? We did. We did. We promoted a product called the the Journey Zinger, and the Zinger is a power folding wheelchair. We went on in September and October, and we sold over 1,000 power folding chairs. And they were so thrilled, and we got such nice reviews from people that they approved four new Journey products to go on in January. Oh, that's exciting. We're very excited about that. But, you know, that's an audience that are, are often caregivers. You know, it resonated with them. I think what I would like caregivers to know is that there is a place to go that is a one-stop shop where all we think about and design for are the people that you're caring for. Everything that we do has them in mind. We don't have any intermediary that we have to worry about. I know from my experience as a physical therapist, it's all about objective information. We don't have to really sell. It's about providing an avenue for people to understand what they have access to because there are so few areas to go to for that for this particular type of product. Absolutely. That's the biggest problem, I think, for caregivers. You don't even know where to start. So since this is our holiday episode, I wanted to have you on because I wanted you to help us identify, tell us what the trends are. What do you see as some of the top products that Journey is offering for our audience? Absolutely. So you know, some of our products are seasonal, and I'll just, just share with you exactly what the trends are. Our biggest line of products is our mobility line. So whether it's, you know, an upright posture type of walker rollator or a manual wheelchair that weighs 16 pounds that you can fold up and put in your trunk with one hand or a scooter, which is actually our number one selling product or a power folding wheelchair, which we have several of, the Zinger and the Zoomer, those are always great sellers, but mobility trend is in the spring. So they call it scooter season, starts in like March and people start buying it for April and May. That's when the demographic trend around the country starts buying mobility products mostly. Right now in, you know, in this, at this time of year, the perfect sleep chair is our number one seller. There are people that like to get cozy. They like to, you know, have these big, beautiful, luxurious chairs. 
in their living rooms, in their dens, be able to watch TV and relax, also gain some mobility. But these are special. These are not just typical recliner chairs that lift you up. These are infinite position luxury fabrics that are incredibly comfortable and lie all the way flat. I mean, you can, we call it the perfect sleep chair for a really good reason. So right good. now, if you ask for a trend, <laughs> that is uh, our number one product. Mobility is our most robust line and we sell it all year long for sure. And then after that is bath safety and bedroom. So, um, you know, that's where we are. Within mobility, I will say the Solite scooter, even now in the winter time, we can hardly keep it in stock. I, I had to manufacture multiple, multiple order of magnitude more than we had been because we couldn't keep it in stock. So actually December 1 is when we get in stock on our Solite scooter, which uh, is our best mobility product in terms oh, of sales. Great. Well, to our listeners, you're going to be listening to this after December 1st. Go to Journey and sign up for that Solite if you want it, because it may not be there as you get closer to Christmas. Yeah. I will say for the holidays, it is the best time of year for Journey Health and Lifestyle in terms of our customer discounts. So if you look out, there's free shipping campaigns. There's $100 off on some products, $200 off on other products. The type of discounts that we don't give at any other time of the year, really. Incredible. Well, Mitch, again, you are a one-stop shop and I think it's just so incredible for family caregivers. We want to get that word out. Where can our listeners find Journey Health and Lifestyle online? What's your website? Yeah, it's it's real simple. It's shopjourney.com. Love it. All right. Well, Mitch, it's been great talking to you. And thank you so much for sharing the story about Journey Health and Lifestyle and all the great products that we can tap into as family caregivers. It's been great having you on. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. So I know you learned a lot from Mitch. And by the way, you're going to want to make Journey Health and Lifestyle a bookmark or, you know, keep that as a resource as you are caring for older loved ones or caring for, you know, a spouse or maybe have a sibling or whomever, because it's such a great resource with wonderful, wonderful products. And as you heard, fantastic customer service wrapped around all of that. So I want to thank Mitch for doing that interview with us for this episode. And now let's dive into our holiday gift guide. So as I mentioned, this is our second annual Caregiving Club Caregiver Holiday Gift Guide. And, you know, this all started because Last year, when I did the first one, I was doing a lot of speaking engagements and doing a lot of talks. And a lot of family caregivers said to me, you know, it's really wonderful to learn about things like, you know, wellness practices and things that will help our older loved ones and, you know, maybe well home design ideas. But we'd really love some ideas on gifts, particularly for the holidays. So that really was the impetus for the background of us starting the holiday gift guide. So last year, I had a lot of fun with it. I mostly came up with the ideas myself, I will say, because I did it pretty quickly. So what I did is we separated it into three categories and that stayed the same now for the second annual gift guide. The categories are wellness for family caregivers like yourself. So a lot more of that self-care and me time type ideas. The second category is wellness for older adults. So for your older loved ones. And then the third category, of course, is wellness in the home. So well home design and products and, and things that you can 
can bring into the home that really support that wellness environment. And so those are the categories. And I'm not going to go into it in detail because I'm going to let you read it on the episode guide page. Or certainly, as I mentioned, we did a video version this year of the holiday guide. So you can listen to my commentary on each of the products. But, you know, we really picked a lot of products that we felt were things that you wouldn't normally come across if you're doing any kind of like a Google search or something. We really wanted to make sure that you're aware of all the great things that are out there. And this year, I also tapped into my friendship circle and even my family circle and asked, you know, what are the things that you love? What are the things that you would recommend that other people buy for their older loved ones for themselves or for their home or whatever? And so I got a little input and we'll make it a little bit more sophisticated as we go on. But I hope you really enjoy some of the the products that we were able to curate for you. I think it's a really great guide. And we also took into consideration that certainly with inflation still very high and a lot of the economy issues are still with us. And so our our bank accounts are a little bit more depleted than they normally are. We really took into consideration things that are affordable. So there's the splurge type ideas, but then there's the savings. You know, we wanted to be mindful that if you really don't have a lot to spend this year, you can still do something that is creative and something that is really helpful, but doesn't have to burn through your pocketbook. So hopefully you'll enjoy that holiday gift guide. I'd love your feedback on it. So send us your email comments to podcast at caregivingclub.com. And with that, now let's go into our Me Time Monday wellness hack which is, as I told you, the story of the Red Cardinal. And it's a very specific story for family caregivers. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Me Time Monday Wellness Hack. For our holiday episode, we offer the story of the Red Cardinal and how it relates to caregiver wellness for both emotional health and spiritual health. Throughout many centuries and many cultures, birds have been symbols that hold hidden meaning for family caregivers. For instance, birds represent the lightness of being, kind of a sense of spirituality. Also, indomitable spirit, the ability to rise above adversity and have strength during challenging times. Birds also represent thriving in nature. Getting outside and connecting to nature is critical for family caregiver self-care. And birds also represent joy, not being weighted down by stress, the ability to overcome and find silver linings and float above all the chaos that we encounter in life. The other thing interesting about birds is that even the sounds they make, the chirps, sound a little bit like cheer to bring more optimism and hopefulness into our lives. When it comes to red birds, and specifically the red cardinal, in Native American lore, red birds symbolize loving relationships and devotion. In Asian folklore, red birds represent transformation. In Latin, cardinal means hinge or pivot, which is exactly what caregivers have done with their lives, pivoted into new responsibilities. But cardinal also means a devoted guardian, And the red of the male cardinal bird represents blood ties, eternal family bonds. Now, folklore tells us that a visit from a red cardinal represents a sign from a loved one who has passed away. The origins of this story may have come from ancient times when birds have often symbolized heavenly visitors, messengers to the gods, or even the gods themselves in feathered form. 
This belief has been part of ancient Egyptian, Celtic, Maori, Irish, and Hindu spiritualism, as well as the lore and legends of many Native American tribes, including the Lakota, Ottawa, Sioux, and Algonquin tribes. When it comes to birds, they are very like humans. They are social creatures who thrive in flocks. For family caregivers, they symbolize the need to connect to others and to be there for loved ones and to have friends who help lift you up. A flock of birds also symbolize prosperity, progress, forward motion, positivity, hardworking, and also being harmonious, working together, being collaborative. To see a flock of birds is a good luck sign, especially if seen near home or work. Another element of bird life that relates to family caregivers is the concept of the nest. While we often think of nesting with our newborn babies, nesting is actually another term for sanctuary and comfort found in your home and with others. Symbolically, nests represent protection of family and home life, a place where loved ones grow and prosper, and a place to find love, warmth, safety, happiness, and comfort. One of the most enduring stories about the Red Cardinal comes from the Choctaw tribe who saw cardinals as symbols of love. They specifically reference the Redbird as a matchmaker between a maiden and a brave, responsible for bringing them together. This is why cardinals are often associated with romance, and it is believed that if you are single and you see a cardinal, romance is in your near future. At the same time, if you are already in a relationship and a cardinal crosses your path, it is said to be a reminder to honor your partner and remember the romance that brought you together. This connection between cardinals and romance is not unfounded. These birds are largely monogamous, and a male cardinal will bring food to his mate while she sits on the nest, offering it to her in a gentle kiss-like gesture. Cardinals also remain together as dedicated pairs throughout the year, unlike many other songbirds that split up after the mating season. Cardinals are also associated with more than just couples, however. In many ways, these innate aspects of red cardinals is also indicative of caregivers. We bring food and sustenance to our loved ones and cherish and comfort them when they need our help. That is the essence of love. After cardinal eggs hatch, both parent birds tend to the chicks, and even after the chicks have matured, they stay together as a family. Cardinal groups are social and unrelated birds may join the group or move between the groups just as our own families grow and change and our own circle of friends adjust throughout the years. This social nature also connects to the heavenly visits symbolized by the appearance of a cardinal. Because of the bird's bright red plumage, they are more easily catching our eyes, particularly on drab winter days when other colorful birds are absent. Cardinals are cherished, not just for their bright colors and social personalities, but for the meaning they hold in our lives. From heavenly visitors to spiritual guides to cheery guests on winter days, cardinals are inspirational and capture the true spirit of family caregiving. The story of the red cardinal is about the spiritual and emotional health and the symbolism of this bird as it relates to loved ones who are ill or whom we have lost. But it is also a reminder to family caregivers to slow things down, observe the wonders of nature, pause for reflection this holiday season, and practice self-care. 
An interesting fact is that bird watching spiked in popularity during the pandemic when people were searching for a safe, free outdoor hobby. We are attached to nature and the calming comfort of observing bird behavior, especially the loving connection to the red cardinal as a symbol of our loved ones, is powerful and it calms our emotional fears and anxieties and brings us a sense of peace. One study showed that those with mental health issues who log their bird observances on their smartphone app improve their mental well-being through an increase in bird watching, even more so than just being in nature. It was the connection to the lightness, the freedom, and the flight of the soul that resonated with those in the study. In fact, the positive effect of bird watching created a sense of well-being for the next eight hours in one research study. Remember this story of the Red Cardinal and its message to all family caregivers this holiday season. Red Cardinals are the messengers from our loved ones, both as they age in later life and after they are gone. They arrive to let us know their spirit is still with us. We hope you enjoyed this Me Time Monday wellness hack. Each episode of our Caregiving Club on-air podcast features a new Me Time Monday wellness hack. And check out more great wellness articles on our website from my upcoming book, Me Time Monday, the weekly wellness edit for a wonderful life. So I hope you enjoyed that wonderful inspirational story about the Red Cardinal. And for those of you who may be watching me on YouTube, I've got my little Red Cardinal finger puppet, which by the way, makes a really great gift idea if you have a family caregiver in your life that you know, or you're a family caregiver and you just want to bring a smile to your face. These little finger puppets are so adorable. I got mine at Barnes and Noble. But I also wanted to just take this moment to say thank you so much to our loyal listeners and for being part of our Caregiving Club on Air podcast family. We really enjoy bringing these episodes to you. I can't believe season two is already done and we're looking forward to a great season three. So again, you can check out all the episodes that you may have missed on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. You can also go to our caregivingclub.com and click on the podcast tab and you'll see all all the episodes there as well as the episode guide pages and the link to our YouTube version of this podcast. But with that, I just want to say happy holidays. I wish all of you health, happiness, and having just wonderful times with family throughout this holiday season and looking forward to a great 2023. Thank you, everybody. Happy holidays. Take care and stay well.